Hello, you're listening to the C to Z of movies. My name is Colin on the C. With me is Zijan the Z. Hello, Zijan. Hey, Colin. Happy Guy Fox Night thingy. Day thingy. <laughs> is it a day? Do you call it a day? It's Guy Fox Night, isn't it? Guy Fox Night. Um, thank you. Thank you, Zijan. Um, and, and to you. <laughs> I know we just celebrated, but I'm just saying that right now because you can hear fireworks in, in my background. Yeah, there might be some out here. Uh, this is a good opportunity, Zijan, for you to tell me what Guy Fawkes Night is all about. Why, why, do, why do I have to do this? It's definitely not any of my tradition. To, to prove that you've uh, you've passed your Citizen. British citizenship <laughs> <test> properly. <laughs> uh, it's something with Natalie Portman in it. <laughs> That's it. You've nailed it. <laughs> Natalie Portman in one of the worst English accents in film history. <laughs> and is it Hugo Weaving, right? Hugo Weaving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Viva Vendetta. Um, I thought you were going to wish me a happy birthday, Zijan, because um, when this the, the day this podcast goes out is my birthday. It's not your birthday yet, Colin. But when this goes out, it'll be my birthday. You, it's not Guy Fawkes Night yet, I said that. It's, it's the Guy fourth Fawkes, today. It'll be Guy Fawkes Night before <laughs> your birthday. Uh, right, okay, well, happy birthday, Colin. We've, thank you, Zijan. We've Very transported kind of you. to the... Hold on, six, no, seventh. Seventh. <laughs> seventh of November. Hey. There you go. We're now the same age again. Um, today we are talking about films uh, in space. Uh, we're talking about the films of Ryan Gosling. We've got a quiz on Lethal Weapon and much, much more, oh. including so much news. I have a lot of news as well. So much news. I, it's good because I haven't got that much to talk about in space. So it's going to be lots of. <laughs> it's going to be news from here till till next Tuesday. Okay. Um. I'll hit you with my first one. Okay. Martin Scorsese uh, and Leonardo DiCaprio are reuniting for their sixth film together. Oh, yes. Called Killers of the Flower Moon, which is an adaptation of a non-fiction bestseller about a Native American massacre in 1920s Oklahoma. Yeah, they, they, they've, uh, they've worked together a lot. Um, not as much as with De Niro. Well, I was wondering. I, I, I've not I've not written down how many De Niro films there are. Do you so, yeah, De Niro is uh, nine times. Oh wow, Martin Scorsese. Okay. So they're catching up, though. Getting there. So they uh, let's see, Gangs of New York, Shutter Island, The Departed, this one, <laughs> uh, and two more. Uh, the Aviator, maybe. But anyway, they are due to team up again for um, the Teddy Roosevelt biopic as well. After this, so oh, I didn't seven. know that. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. So, uh, Eric Roth is hired to write the script. Yeah, he did Forrest Gump, A Star is Born, Munich, etc. Oh, sounds sounds intriguing. Oh, yeah, promising. He's just into his movies now. Um, is a fine actor. He's he a, is. even got an Oscar these days. Yep, I haven't seen him for a while now. Or have I? I keep saying that, and then I'm pretty sure I've seen a film of his. Yeah, I'm trying to think what he's... Obviously, the well, the Revenant was a couple of years ago. Um, he's done something I've seen more recently, I'm sure, but I can't. He's um he's about to be in Quentin Tarantino's Once Upon a Time in America, so there's been lots of photo like a set photos. Oh yeah, about, that's true about that one. Um, but yeah, I can't. A oh, Wolf of Wall Street was the other Scorsese. Um, yeah, well, it's one of those things, isn't it? He got his Oscar now. He doesn't need to. <laughs> yeah, just, just relax. Take it yeah. easy. He can chill now. He can yeah, enjoy, enjoy. He can choose, pick and choose whichever role he wants to. That's been true for a while, I suppose, yes. Yeah. That is true, yeah. Um, were you looking forward, Zijan, to the, the uh, Boba Fett movie? Uh, no, I wasn't. <laughs> well, you'll be delighted to know it's officially not happening. Um, <laughs> I think it's... Uh, so this is one of the, one of the uh, Star Wars spin-offs that was... I'm not sure it was ever officially announced, um, but it was... It's one of these things that it was going to... It was going to be Josh Trank before... Uh, Fantastic Four and his reputation got destroyed um, and it was going to be James Mangold more recently but now it's not happening at all um, no one's quite sure of all the ins and outs of it but it seems to be linked to the the, um, the Disney streaming service is going to have a, a TV show called The Mandalorian um, which is about a new character but one who resembles Boba Fett a lot and is from the same place I think and has the same kind of armour in my view so they probably didn't want to double up Mm. Uh, do you know who Boba Fett is? I know he's a bounty hunter. Mm, very good. Yeah, but that's but, pretty much it. I, I didn't see the need for him to have his own film. No, and uh, in, in the Star Wars films, he's pretty rubbish to be honest. But um, <laughs> um, so he, he spoilers for 1983. Um, he 
has a jetpack and he actually has, gets knocked into a into a pit and gets eaten. Um, and he's a little bit kind of slapstick, really. But he's got lots of kind of additional books and comics and whatever that have really built him up to be this amazing character. But yeah, I, I Solo, we neither of us uh, were particularly impressed by. Oh. And I think the Star Wars uh, and Disney have maybe learned the lesson of thinking a bit more carefully about what they what they put out. Where's the next Star Wars film anyway? Uh, so I guess it, I think it's uh, Christmas next year. We're getting it's a long nine. Yeah, it's, it's a long, a long gap. time to wait, isn't it? <laughs> it is. I really don't know why they put Solo out in in spring this year because it, it felt like it's kind of Christmas is their slot, and why didn't they just put it out, put it out in December again? Well, I think Disney has uh, Mary Poppins coming out then. That's yeah, they're probably banking on that. But who knows? Banking, nice. Yeah, so, <laughs> Mr. Banks, there, like it. Yeah. Uh, thanks for making me smarter than uh, I do what I can do George Miller director oh. of Mad Max and Happy Feet and Happy Feet he's <laughs> eyeing his next film he has a weird career path anyway um, yes. he does yeah the next film called 3000 Years of Longing okay which stars um, apparently Idris Elba and Tilda Swinton so okay. quite big names there yeah. and it's supposed to be an Epic about genies. Hmm. Yes. <laughs> that's my that's my that's my thought as well when I first read the news. Like, oh, okay. Three thousand so, years it, of longing. This I is guess a new concept, is it, or is it based on anything? Or is it? I I've not read it based on anything at all. Okay. I mean, based on the title, I guess the genies fall in love or something. Um, it's in for three thousand years. Yeah, maybe. I can't. I'm struggling to picture. Uh, are just Elba and Tilda Swinton going to be genies? Maybe. Yeah, I guess so. I don't really see them as a couple. <laughs> I don't. I don't know why. I don't. I don't really. I've never really warmed to Tilda Swinton. Um, yeah, I know you didn't. Although I liked her in um, Doctor Strange. Anyway, okay. Well, good luck to him. I, I hated Mad Max Fury Road. <laughs> I know you didn't hate it. I was so bored. You just underwhelmed by it. Okay. I've never yeah. seen Happy Feet, um, and the original Mad Max, which you also did, I believe, um, is kind of dull. There you go. Well, okay, re- yeah, you're, you won't be watching this film then. <laughs> right, uh, probably not. That's my review of George Miller's career. Um, <laughs> his 40-year career is summed up in half a minute. Okay. Uh, Zijan, were you looking forward to Wonder Woman 1984? Uh, <laughs> are you going to ask me about every single film that's been cancelled and pushed back? Yes. Oh, okay. Yes, I was, Colin. Well, you can look even further forward. Um, it's been pushed to June 2020. Um, it's they're, a long they're, way away. It is a long way. It was due to come out... Um, when was it due to come out? Late, late 1919? 2019, rather? It wasn't going to come out in 1919. I think it was, it's been pushed back... So I think it was maybe it's supposed to be in autumn of 2019. Um but yes, they, they, they're they spinning this as great news because it's a summer movie and it deserves a summer release. I think even Gal Gadot uh, tweeted, back where we should be or, or something like this. But it's um it's an odd, odd decision uh, to kick it back. I mean, I guess they, this is their big money spinner. This is the one that they know is going to get the crowds in. So you want to put it in the best spot, I suppose. But, um, but still, though, like, ugh, I was looking forward to seeing it next year. Yeah, I was hoping, looking forward to seeing a good DC film next year. And instead, I'm not sure we've got any DC films next year. So, because Aquaman is December this year. This Shazam. Oh Shazam! I forgot about Shazam. Shazam is definitely out next year. And yeah, probably, you're right. You're Joker right. is out next year as well, isn't it? I never got to the bottom of that one. Oh, yeah, um, who knows? It may be out. It could be pushed back. We'll find yeah. out eventually. Uh, whilst you mentioned Joker, I'll quickly mention um, we're getting uh, Dante Pereira also, possibly. Uh, as Bruce Wayne in Joker film and Douglas Hodge playing Alfred. And he's um, a little boy. Yeah. yeah so I, I'm a little bit surprised that Bruce Wayne's going to be in it. Um, I, I really hope... I mean, like, I don't want Bruce Wayne to be the cause of the Joker being the Joker. What's that? Yeah. Or, or, I, you know, like, I, in any of the comics I've read, I've not heard of Bruce Wayne being the part of the origins of the Joker. No, I don't so, think they'll do that. But I don't think he needs to be. So I don't. I've not watched any of Gotham, which I've heard from some people is good. But um, but that's kind of yeah. Bruce Wayne as a kid, 
and all his kind of rogues gallery turning up as he's a kid, which seems very odd. But it's, yeah, just to have I, I don't know how old Swacking Phoenix in his forties or fifties, maybe. Yeah. Um, to have him as the Joker at the same time that Bruce Wayne is, oh, I don't know, ten. I don't know how old Doctor is. Just seems such a weird way to go. I know. So basically, Bruce Wayne was beating up six years. Octogenarians. Yeah. Well, exactly, yeah. So if, if we're to assume that this is a, a, effectively a prequel to when they... Uh, I mean, I'll say uh, how much older was Jack Nicholson than... Uh, uh, than Michael uh, Keaton. Michael Keaton, thank you. So I, I've, I've given him the wrong name. He's actually Dante Prairie Olson rather than Olso. There you go. Um, and but, he was in You Were Never Really Here, which is a Raccoon uh, Phoenix film, so clearly they got on well. And apparently, um, in sorry, in an episode of Jessica Jones season one, uh, he played boy brackets uncredited. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. I um, force be reckoned with. Oh well, um, I'm not holding my breath for this film, but so I, I think this will be good. Uh, that that has made it's, me doubt it a little bit, but I think Working Phoenix is, is a fine actor. One Scorsese involved, from what I've seen so far, I'd, I'd say this is a. Has a very good chance of being the best DC film of next year, if indeed it is next year. <laughs> the, uh, okay, yeah, <laughs> yep. I'm holding you on to this. Yeah, there you go. That's my early prediction. Whatever yeah. year it comes out, and it's going to be the best DC film of that year, <laughs> unless it comes out with Wonder Woman. Even then, maybe. Yeah. What else you got? Gladiator has a sequel coming up. Yeah. Gladiators, yeah, I saw this. Gladiators had a sequel coming out for, for about ages. F- 15 years or something. But, um, yeah. Ridley Scott, who is quite old now. Yeah. Is, is keen to make lots of. Well, he's, he's, he loves making more alien films and he wants to do this again. Apparently, this is supposed to be focusing on Lucilla's son, mm. the future emperor of Rome, who is the nephew um, of Commodus, which is played by, again, Joaquin Phoenix. And oh, yeah. the first film. I wonder if Rockin' Phoenix will turn up again then. He died. Oh, did for those who didn't know. Oh, he did, didn't he? I forgot yeah. that. Um, it's, I've not seen this for a long time. He definitely died. Okay. 100%. Well, maybe his ghost. <laughs> well, 100% died. Um, <laughs> g- 100%? Given that- he, okay. He wasn't like 50% dead. <laughs> yep. Just the left side of him died. <laughs> uh, okay. I This will be bad, won't it? Uh well, I didn't see the need for Gladiators to have a sequel. I enjoyed the first film for what it was. I didn't think mm. that, oh yeah, we need something else to expand the story. You don't, sometimes you just need to leave things as they are. Yeah, this definitely didn't feel like it needed more. And, it, and it's, a, it's a very good film, but Ridley Scott, I mean, obviously The Martian, which we'll talk about later, was was, was very good. Um, Thelma and Louise was great, but he he doesn't have a much of a, a hit record over the last 20 years or so. So, um, yeah, I, I've not seen the most recent Alien films, but apparently... Well, actually, I've heard some people love them, but um, by and large, they didn't get great reviews. Mm. Uh, well, he needs yeah. something to do with his time anyway, so... Well, with, with what time he has left, um, <laughs> good luck to him. That's harsh, Colin. <laughs> Just saying he's old. He's really old. Um, Aaron Sorkin, uh, who directed Molly's Game this year, or yep. last year if you're in America, um, is on board to direct The Trial of the Chicago 7. Uh, based on real life trial, and uh, Eddie Redmayne and Sasha Baron Cohen are both in talks for it. Oh, nice! Uh, I, have you seen Molly's Game? I've seen Molly's Game, yet, yeah, which I enjoyed. Yeah, I thought it was uh, really good. Yeah, uh, I'm a big fan of Aaron Sorkin, and I thought he took to directing very well. So, uh, yeah, don't know much more about that one, but I, I'm looking forward to it. I'll watch that one. Um, I like Eddie Redmayne, Sasha Ooh. Baron Cohen. I have nothing against him when he's not doing comedy. <laughs> um, yeah, so. <laughs> Uh, he was going to be uh, Freddie Mercury until he, he dropped was, out. He was. Um, so was Ben Wishaw, apparently. I didn't know that. Mm. Okay. Well, we're going to discuss that later. I we um, we may well discuss that later. <laughs> mm. Spoilers alert. So there you go. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Anna Taylor-Joy. Yes. Do you know Anna Taylor-Joy? Uh, she was in The Witch, wasn't she? Yes, and Split, the, the oh, right. M. Night Shyamalan film. Yes. Yeah, we'll star in a new Jane Austen adaptation of Emma. We're never more than 10 minutes away from a Jane Austen I know, because there's also going to be a Clueless remake, apparently. Uh, there is. That's going to be uh, unnecessary. Um, 
Which, by the way, for those who don't know, is a modernization of Emma as well. And presumably, when they're redoing Clueless, they're going to set it today as opposed to a retelling of the 90s setting. Yeah, I, w- I would imagine so. I mean, I mean, that's the whole point of having Clueless in the first place, right? Yeah, which is great film, Clueless. Great film. But um, so, yeah, we have two Emmas coming up. Have you have you read Emma? Uh, no, but I know the the story because I watched a bit of the YouTube vlog of Emma. Emma approved. Yes, which was quite bad. Yeah. Uh, do you want yeah. to explain what Emma approved is to our listeners? <laughs> Why do you make me do this, Colin? <laughs> I, c- I can do it. Uh, yeah, um, go on. So uh, there was a very very good um, vlog telling vlog video log, vlog uh, telling of Prime Prejudice um, called Lizzie Bennett Diaries, where uh, uh, Ashley awesome. Clements playing Lizzie Bennett um, basically just narrated her, her life and, and her various yeah, other characters appeared, and it's absolutely fantastic. Um, I would rank it as the second best adaptation of Prime Prejudice after uh, BBC. Uh, so go and check that out. Uh, and the same company decided to make Emma approved, which is a telling of Emma, which is I to be honest, I got maybe five or six episodes into it and just gave up. Yeah, so me too. I just didn't. I just didn't uh, gravitate towards the main character. No, I, I don't think it was done particularly engagingly. But in fact, that's just come back because um, I still what? follow Pembley Digital, and they've just relaunched that as a um, as a mockumentary series. I watched the first episode of that. <laughs> and uh, wow, it would have been quite fresh 15 years ago. Um, but if you've watched The Office, either versions of The Office or, or Modern Family or Parks and Rec or something, it feels very dated. Oh, anyway, okay. uh, I've read the book, of, I say obviously, I have read the book. Um, and but, I've seen the Gwyneth Paltrow film, but not there was a BBC version not too long ago, Romola Grey, which I haven't seen. But Emma's not supposed to be quite a likeable character, anyway, isn't she? Quite unlikable. Yeah, she's quite unlikable. Yeah, I didn't like her much in the book, to be honest. So she's a kind of a matchmaker and quite pushy. She's a meddler. Yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, mean, I like this, but I guess, in terms of what they're going to do, if it's going to be another kind of period dress, you think, well, what's the point? We've already had several of those and, and we don't need to do that again. If it's kind of a retelling in the modern day, you think, well, we've already got Clueless. Yeah, of course. Um, so, yeah, I, I've got, obviously, I, I'm, I'm a, I'm a fan of Jane Austen, but I'm not sure what the point of this is. Well, people uh, are void of ideas. Yeah. That's and, what happens. Yeah, I guess maybe yeah, name recognition will get people in, but I think we don't... The world is not looking out for another Emma adaptation. Uh, speaking of sequels and and, and uh, remakes, my view, um, Disney is considering rebooting Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, and recasting Johnny Depp in the process. Uh, yes, boot him up because he's well, partly because he's very expensive and partly because of other reasons. Um, <laughs> this uh, is this is a bad idea. Well, I I'm, mean, I'm coming down harshly today, but this this is the yeah after Emma Clueless Gladiator and, and now this, I'm saying these are all all bad ideas. Um, I think the last Pirates of Caribbean kind of tanked, didn't it? Even though like the reviews were pretty good for it. Um. I think it was the other way around, wasn't it? The reviews weren't great, but it still made money. Uh, I think it didn't do great in American Australia, but it still made something like $70 okay. million, dollars, we, I think. We obviously can't uh, reading different news sources. Yeah, I, I'm not sure. But yeah, I, I think it may not have done as well as previous ones, but it's still making absolutely bucket loads of money, uh, internationally at least. Hmm. Well, I mean, I think... Did you see the, it? I, I did see it. But uh, what, what's the name of... Jack Sparrow. Yeah, he's quite an iconic character, isn't it? Like he, I think Johnny Depp really made the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise love him or hate him. Yeah, he really does. He he is the the heart and soul of the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise. He is. Um. So in in the uh, in the first one, he got an Oscar nomination for it, and, and he yeah, really kind of fresh. But if I, I I didn't see the fifth one, but I saw the fourth one, and and that was a long time ago. But even then, that was felt so tired by then, so mm. boring. Um. I'm just looking at the uh, the box office. Uh, $794.9 million uh, internationally, or including the US. So, oh, okay. um, so yeah, it's done all right. Exactly, you know, like, it makes money, so why not, right? Yeah, but I think, if, to be honest, I mean, if, if you're booting Johnny Depp, then all, you, the, the, all you've got here is pirates. That's the concept. <laughs> and you think you're just making a film about pirates. And I don't think this... I'm a, I, Obviously, it's made loads of money, but does 
does this have enough support from that name to make money without Johnny Depp, without Kieran Knightley, without Orlando Bloom? People love pirates. Apparently. Yeah, I guess. Well, you know why, but still, yeah. So I'm, yeah, I don't want it. <laughs> oh well, it's uh, a shame we don't have any control over the production of any films. It's a shame, isn't it? I know. Uh, who knows? It could be awesome. And in fact, yeah, if you get the right directors and right writers on board, um, you can make something special. But it feels like a very kind of tired retread to me. Mm. What else you got? Uh, Chris Pratt is in talks to star in an action thriller. Uh, from Taylor Sheridan. Who's Taylor so, Sheridan? Taylor Sheridan, uh, you may not know him, was an actor on Veronica Mars. Okay. But he recently moved behind the camera. He did his, he wrote the script for Sicario. Okay. Uh, the one starring Emily Blunt. Yes. And he also directed Wind River, which you saw. Oh, that was good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, uh, because um, The Guardians of Galaxy 3 has been put on hold indefinitely. Mm. So Chris Pratt probably needs another. He's got holes, and he's dropped out of ninja, Viking, pirate, cowboy thingy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, he has uh, this new film called uh, Fast at the moment. It's called Fast. Okay. Um, we- it's about some interagency conflict, apparently. So CIA versus another. Okay, uh, is this a forces. comedy or ac- just an action thing? Or? Action trailer. Action trailer. Okay. Mm. Well, you like Wind River. Uh, Wind River is very good, yeah. Um, yeah, uh, Jeremy Renner and Elizabeth Olsen is kind of a sparse... Kind of, she was an FBI agent who kind of like on murder investigation. It was. It wasn't exactly a um, a joyful film. It was, quite, <laughs> it was very dark, in fact. Uh, but yeah, very well done, very bleak. Okay. So um, you may watch this then. Yeah, it's I'm not a sequel, I'm, Colin. So it's not a sequel. Fine. Yeah, I'll <laughs> have to see how it's looking with trailers and reviews and stuff. But yeah, I'm tentatively interested there. Yeah, mm. uh, here's a film I'm not interested in. Um, they're going to make a third Bad Boys film. Are we moving on for that? Is it my turn now? <laughs> um, no, I think I've got. I, I'm not going to. I've got nothing more to say. That so I'll quickly say. Um, so the avid, speaking of sequels. Yeah. Uh, Avatar has got four sequels in the work, as we know. Yes. Um, and we may have got the titles of them. Oh, do we? Huh. Well, I think this isn't official, but um, I don't think who was a Variety, maybe. Or something. Um, basically saw it being referenced in some internal papers or something. So this is um, all with a massive pinch of salt. But it could be um, uh, Avatar The Way of Water, which uh, we, we knew the second one's underwater, so I guess, okay, fine. Okay. If you if you don't like that, they get worse. Um, <laughs> uh, followed by Avatar: The Seed Bearer. Uh, <laughs> followed by um, Avatar: The Tolkien Raider. Sorry, Tolkien Rider. That's Tolkien spelled T-U-L-K-U-N. And my personal favourite, uh, Avatar: The Quest for Awa, um, spelled E-Y-W-A. There's no way they've come up for stories for five, four Avatar sequels <laughs> with the titles all sorted by right now. Like this is impossible. Well, I think he, I think he is pretty much doing them back to back, isn't he? Just what huge? I mean, he likes to stretch his uh, abilities. But that's, 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 so that's there you go. Insane. But <laughs> <laughs> why? Oh, James Cameron. So he's um. I mean, first, I, I hadn't realised when when Titanic was being made. Everyone thought it was going to be a huge flop, like really massive hubris, terrible, terrible idea. And all the press, I, I read some kind of articles from around the time and it's like, yeah, just massive uh, risk and it's going to all backfire. And then obviously it was the biggest film of all time, pretty much. So never, never rule out James Cameron. Never rule out James Cameron. But uh, at least he'll give Sam Worthington a job. Yeah, good lad. <laughs> for, for the next four. Oh, poor Sam Worthington. He's got nothing else to do. Well, the Man on the Ledge, I, I say, it was pretty good. Uh, our last bit of news from me. Oh, yep. maybe not. Okay. Uh, so much news. I know. Uh, there is going to be another Bonnie and Clyde film. Is there really? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Chloe Grace Moretz is going to star in it. I can see that. Yeah. And Jack O'Connell, who I have no idea who he is, he's English, and I've went on Wikipedia. He didn't star in any film that I've seen before. He he did a thing for Angelina Jolie, didn't he? What, what um, film was it? Oh, I can't remember now. Jack O'Connell, is it? Jack O'Connell, yeah. I got a thing. He won kind of um, 
Rising Star BAFTA. <laughs> oh, ago. this is awkward. Sorry, Jack. Uh, he did. Uh, Unbroken, directed by Angelina Jolie. And yeah, he won the BAFTA Rising Star Award that year. Um, ah. I've seen him in Money Monster. Okay. Um, but yeah, actually, I must admit, I never got. To, I never saw the Unbroken. Apparently, Startup is very good, which he was in. Oh, he's from, he was in Skins. Everyone in Skins is big these days, aren't they? They are. They've gone on to big things. You know who else was in Skins? Dev Patel. Dev Patel, which brings me on neatly to my next piece of news, if, if you were done with Bonnie and Clyde. Yes. Um, he's going to uh, make his directorial debut. Oh, wow. Um, so apparently he's already directed a short, but this is his first feature length, um, called Monkey Man. He's, gonna, he's also co-writing, or co-written it, and he's going to be starring in it. Um, it's a tale of revenge set in India, aren't he? The man is going places, isn't he, Dev Patel? He's doing well. Yeah, he's got. Did he get an Oscar nomination for Slumdog Millionaire? Uh, no, he got one for Lion, though. Lion, okay. Yeah, uh, yeah done very well for himself. Uh, um, I mean, from his Skins beginnings. Like, from, yeah, it's, it's I, I never saw Skins, but a lot of people from Skins have... Uh, it's not set in Bristol, Colin, you should know. It is set in Bristol, and yet I've still not watched it. <laughs> Outrageous, I know. Um, well, there were seven seasons of Skins. Good Lord. Mm. Um, going back to Bonnie and Clyde, did, we, did you ever see Bonnie and Clyde? I have not seen mm. Bonnie and Clyde. I know... Roughly what the story is. Mm. <laughs> it's basically bank robbers, I know. We rob banks. That's a that's a line yeah. from Bonnie and Clyde. Right? Um, yeah, it's it's good. It's it's for the time very um, controversial. Um, I don't think it's spoilers to say there's a lot of uh, um, violence, violence, shooting, and blood and stuff. So for for the time, so I think I mean Chloe Grace Moretz is not afraid to do controversial films, as we mm. saw in Kick Ass. Um, so I imagine they're probably trying to up the ante there. Mm. Uh, I've run out of news. Uh, me too. My yeah, my other bit wasn't is isn't deserving of a spot on my <laughs> on the C to Z of movies. <laughs> it really isn't. Yeah, we we have a strict policy of of uh, no nothing less exciting than a Bad Boys remake on Def- um, or sequel, <laughs> right? uh, Yeah, this is definitely this. worse than a Bad Boys uh, remake. Okay, uh, we move on then to uh, our segment to C or not to Z. To C uh, or not to Z. Well, we talk about a film we've seen recently, whether you should see it or you should not Z it. Z it. <laughs> um, if I said it loud enough, Colin, uh, edit yours, your bit out. You'll sound you ed- like oh, you're, yes, you're, you're, you're editing, aren't you? So, um, yeah. yes, okay. It was sounds like own, you're saying it properly. Was that your impression of me? That's, yes, exactly. It's very good. Uh, uh, what have you seen? I've seen the exact same film you're going to talk about. Excellent. Which is Bohemian Rhapsody. Bohemian Rhapsody. Uh, <laughs> Yes. Uh, why, why, why don't you kick us off? Uh, so, it's the biopic about Queen, uh, yep. which stars Rami Malek. I'm mispronoun- uh, mispronouncing oh, his name. Yeah. Rami Malek as uh, Freddie Mercury. Um, this film has gone through many production problems. It has, yes. Um, it was supposed to be directed by... Oh, I can't remember what's his name. Well, but, it's going to be... <laughs> It's going to be Dexter Fletcher. Yes. Who then got fired. Yes. Or, or Brian Singer a, replaced him. Yes. Who then got fired. I got fired. <laughs> and he came, Dexter Fletcher came back again uh, to finish it off. Yeah, so lots Although, of issues behind the scenes. weirdly, um, because of director's union rules or something, um, they can't credit them both as directors. So they've only credited Brian Singer. And I think uh, Dexter Fletcher's down as uh, executive producer or something like that. Oh, okay. Oh, Wow. Which is all very strange. Uh, I think though, because they were mostly done when Brian Singer uh, was fired. For so just some last bits then. Do you need to hire. Like, like, do you need to rehire a director you fired to just? I could read. Yeah, the fact you came back. It's like, wow. But yes, I, I, and been through several different lead actors. As you yes. said, I didn't realize Ben Whishaw was in the talks, but. Um, yes. Uh, yeah. So Sasha Baron Cohen, and then, and Ben Whishaw, and then he landed in Rami Malek. Because Sasha Baron Cohen looks a lot like Freddie Mercury. So I, can see, I see all the way around that. Roman Medic doesn't really. I mean, he kind of obviously has the fake teeth and all this, but um, I think he looks good with the mustache. He, yeah, I mean, he definitely looks close enough. You're not, you don't necessarily need someone to look spot on. But, um, but yeah. in the early days, he looks a bit weird. Yeah, although I think he did look pretty weird, and uh, it, was, <laughs> it was the 70s. Everyone looked weird. That is true. <laughs> that is true. So yeah, I think that was a. Good enough. Uh, yeah, so it, it talks about the rise of Queen and the Ants and a famous Live Aid concert. Yeah, which has apparently been voted um, the greatest live performance of all time, the Queen the Queen slot on that. Which um, we were too young to uh, yeah. appreciate that. 
it was it was in the year we were born. Nineteen eighty five. Nineteen eighty five, but um actually was it it was Croak when was it in nineteen eighty five? We might know. one of at least one of us here might have been alive. <laughs> Are you suggesting it was me, Colin? <laughs> uh, well, you're, you're, as as long term listeners will know, uh, I don't know it's July nineteen eighty five, so we were neither of us um, in the world. No. Nope. Uh, what did you think then? Uh, I enjoyed it. Uh, I think uh, Ra- Rami Malek was amazing as yeah. uh, Freddie Mercury. He he had the presence and charisma of Freddie. Which I think is very hard to pull off, cause Freddy is such a unique, yeah, person, unique yeah. character that it's it must be so difficult to pull off a a, a Freddy Mercury, you know. Without, yeah, very very daunting, without, I imagine. Yeah, yeah. without being like a, a bad impression. Yeah, yeah. Of him, so I thought he he did really really well as him. Um, he's gotten pretty poor reviews though. It has. It has, which surprises me actually, because yeah, I I, I, saw, I saw it as well. I, I thought it was fantastic. Um, it was a bit, a bit paint my numbers at times. So you can, I think that's a lot of the criticism is it's just a fairly obvious walkthrough of the famous Queen moments. Yeah, and there's not um, too much drama, and or at least the drama is very predictable anyway. Yeah, and it's been criticised for not for kind of um, toning down Freddie Mercury's life. Although, do you want, I mean, I'm not sure what people want because you, yeah, you you get his kind of drugs and and. And debauchery, and you get his. Um, well, people are saying like they kind of. I think was it the word of straight washed, but yeah, you're saying they don't talk enough about him him being gay. But you think, well, that's kind of a large plot point. I'm not sure how with you, unless you actually want to see him having sex on screen. I'm not sure what more you want to mm. do. Um, yeah, I, I think so. I agree. Ryan Malek was fantastic. Possibly the best performance I've seen this year. I think absolutely fantastic. But, um, the the kind of the, the pantomime villain was a bit. Um, <laughs> exactly. It was, it was very kind of two-dimensional, one-dimensional. Um, he is the bad guy, boo hiss, and the bandmates, because they are all the real kind of guys, are really quite heavily involved in this. I think um, maybe they sanitized a bit. I know they they made it such they they didn't want to tar the reputation of Freddie that much. Yeah, yeah. What about? But yeah, I, I I really enjoyed. It. I thought the music was done very well. So apparently, it was a kind of a blend of Freddie and Rami and possibly others. Um, so it wasn't him doing all his own singing, but he really, particularly in that Live Aid concert, really got the um, got across that power and and the kind of the, the massive um, sensation of the of the event. I'm I'm not sure uh, whether you felt the same way, but I thought the no? Live Aid concert um, was a bit felt a bit too long. <laughs> like I, I I can understand why it was quite a brave choice of the director to leave quite a. Pretty much the whole set. Pretty much the whole thing. Because I actually went and watched it on YouTube afterwards, and it's yeah. basically as long as as it was in reality. It's, 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 it's like twenty, 20 minutes, minutes long, long. Yeah. yeah, which is quite impressive and a brave thing to put in a film at the yeah. end. But I just <laughs> there's so many points where I thought, oh, it's going to end here. It's going right. to end at this point. And then when it didn't, I was a little bit disappointed. And but I I'm guessing that if you've seen that live eight concert, you would be more appreciative of this than yeah. I would. Okay. Be. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I thought the kind of subplot with, uh, or maybe even the main plot with with his kind of f- former fiance uh, Mary, I thought oh, I like that done very well. I thought she was excellent. Lucy Boynton her, um, was very good. Yeah, she's brilliant. And yeah, I thought very much. As I say, he, he got across Freddie Mercury well. But I think even better was kind of the um, the more kind of private moments when you saw the kind of his demons and you saw his interaction with Mary and stuff and the stuff that you don't see on stage. I thought he did that very well. Hmm. So yeah, I, I, I'd say anyway. One thing that um, uh, Mike Myers was in this film. <laughs> he was the, the the music producer, wasn't he? He was, and I knew that going in, but I didn't actually recognise him. And it was only afterwards I realised it was him. Um, but I, the worst bit of this film, I think, um, was Mike Myers. Well, it wasn't just not him in jail. I thought he was he was fine, but it was it was a scene with him in where they, they played him Bohemian Rhapsody and he didn't like it. Yeah, and he said we need a song that people are going to kind of be bang their heads to in, in cars, and this isn't it. Um, which is a reference to his character in Wayne's World, famously kind of headbanging to Bohemian Rhapsody. I think that just took me, takes you out of the film so much. It's not that kind of film, but to have this kind of really meta joke. Yeah. I think, well, what are you doing? Well, I didn't get it at all. Oh, I've not seen Wayne's World, so... No, I, weirdly, I, this is how much he didn't look like Mike Myers. I knew Mike Myers was in it. When he said that line, I thought about Wayne's World. <laughs> okay. And afterwards, I kind of put two and two together. Oh, that must have been Mike Myers. Okay. Um, so, yeah, that that was a bit I would have happily seen on the cutting room floor. Uh, 
well, well. But why not? Would you say people, our listeners should see it or should yeah, not see it? I think you should. Fine. <laughs> Can you say that again, Colin? <laughs> Uh, think our listeners should see it see, or should not, not see it. <laughs> yes, uh, <laughs> I think they should watch it. It's it's awesome. I agree. Yeah. Um, whilst we're here, I've also seen um, um, films that you've seen already. Uh, Bad yep. Times of the Royale, which I thought was fantastic. I, I agree with you that the it's a little bit let down by the third act, but yeah. I thought it was, I, I loved the setting. I love the characters. Uh, I, yeah, maybe it didn't quite pay off as well, but I think it's a masterpiece. One of my favorite films this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I saw A Star Is Born, which I thought was fine but i didn't like the ending of that i didn't think it was it too dark i think it was more it just wasn't really earned it just it felt kind of out of the blue i know they had built to it a little bit yeah um but it just felt like it hadn't been built up to well enough okay. although i look back at because this is the fourth fourth make a fourth version of this film yep um and all the previous three versions have the pretty much identical plot lines in fact to this which surprised yes. me a little bit but um, so those people who knew those films would not have been surprised, but I was kind of taken taken by surprise by that. Mm. There you go. That, without spoilers, you probably write out what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, right, very late in the day. Then uh, we move on to our main topic: uh, films about space with humans and not aliens, or, <laughs> or something like that. Because uh, we like to be specific. Yes. And because we've done a topic about aliens before, we did. In fact, I think if I remember rightly, we did. Um, Aliens as bad guys, didn't you or something? Yeah, <laughs> alien sort of, antagonists. We're, yeah. we're really, really cut, slicing up the space genre. Uh, <laughs> well, I have to say that I'm pretty sure I've seen less films that are set in space with no aliens and just humans uh, compared to evil aliens. So. Okay. Well, I've seen I've seen ten if you include Planet of the Apes. Um, which I am, apparently. Now, I know what you're thinking, Zijan. Planet of the Apes is not set in space. Um, however, I'm talking the original Planet of the Apes here, yep. and at the beginning, they fly off into space. Okay, so... And they land on this alien planet. But it's not aliens. Yeah, it was Earth, from, Earth all it. along. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, um, it's a very famous end scene. I've not seen a film before, but even I know what how it ends. I think everyone does, which is a, it's kind of a shame because I'm sure at the time it would be an amazing twist. But um, yeah, I I, I I think I've said before, but I even saw a DVD um, box set yeah. that had the Statue of Liberty on the front. Come on, there's going to be someone who's not seen this or doesn't know this rather. Um, yeah, weird old film. It's a, it's obviously a classic. It goes into evolution a lot more than I thought it would. Um, it seems to be quite... Is it uh, really... Why? Yeah, I mean, there's a kind of a sub- subtext, um, kind of uh, kind of anti-creationism going on, which is not Ooh. what I would have expected in that kind of film. But, um, okay, well, yeah, especially in those times as well. Yeah, and Charlton Heston does his thing. He, he yells a lot. Yes, at the um, end, especially. Um, I once made a, uh, a video of my top 10 favourite movie endings, and uh, I think this one came in at, in at 10 or 9. You know, some of them. It's a good ending. Oh, my films are more recent. Okay, uh, I've got more. I've got more space in them. <laughs> you got more space? What? I'm hoping they've got. I'm hoping they've oh, got yeah, space more than that. Does. Definitely more space than than a brief moment <laughs> in uh, Planet of the Apes. Uh, so this one has a lot of space in it. In fact, she was in space most of the time, and only this was the end that she landed back on Earth. And that's okay. Gravity, starring cool. Sandra Bullock and George Clooney for a little bit, and then a little bit more. Yes. Uh, in the words of Gina G. Is that is that a reference you get? No. No, um, I don't get it. I think it was um, Britain's 1996 Eurovision entry. Um, you are just a little bit. You are a little bit more with the, the lyrics. Anyway, carry on. Uh, yeah, so Sandra Bullock stars as an astronaut on this space station. It's pretty much She, she pretty much carries the film herself. Um, she was... She is basically a single survival mm. film. I'm not saying that correctly, but it's a survival film. Her basically her space station got destroyed. Yeah. Uh, so you say George Clooney is her fellow astronaut, and he gets he gets killed uh, yeah. as part of that, and she's basically got to get back to Earth somehow. Somehow. Uh, yeah. This this is a huge um, deal technically at the time, wasn't it? Because the way they filmed it. Yes. Um, 
and it was yeah, one of these things you had to see in 3D and it did in the, in the cinema it was absolutely phenomenal I thought and um, I've got it on DVD and kind of it loses a lot when you watch it on a TV screen uh, as opposed to kind of the, the big the big screen mm. uh, yeah Sandra Bullock I thought was excellent she, I, I gave her a Coddy that year as best actress yeah she was she was really good you could tell oh, she mm. she's amazing but she didn't win the Oscar for this film though no no I don't know who did probably Jennifer Lawrence probably yeah Oh, yeah, it's it's really really good, and it's definitely more set in space than Planet of the Apes. It's all in space, apart from the la- spoilers of gravity. She makes it back to Earth, and she lands on a coastline. I love the ending as well, though. Like I like the fact that you just see her feet, just and she off. just steadies herself back onto land again. I I liked because yeah, the only bit I didn't like was because she lands back in water, and then you have to, like this five minute segment where she's desperately fighting to get to the surface. I think you don't need to put her through that as well. She's no. weird. I did like the fact that the ending of that film was based at the start of Castaway, in that she's now on this deserted area, which maybe an island, maybe a maybe a mountain kind of coast. Who knows? Well, I'm pretty sure people um, notice like a space shuttle falling into more than you'd, you'd hope so. Anything you? else? Um, yeah. Yeah, I I I thought it was, it was um reading about how they made it. Yeah, they're very very restricted uh, apparently because of the way it was made. Because um, they they properly kind of put them in. Film series, you know, they didn't, but um, yeah, they're saying, Oh, yeah, because of the way we're filming this, you only kind of had to move this particular way in this way, which is a very um, interesting challenge for an actor. But, yeah, do you, do you remember who directed it? Uh, Alfonso Cron, yes, that's right. Um, he also directed, I think, the third Harry Potter film. There you go, yeah. Uh, did he, he may have got best director, I think he did because I think there's a run of Mexican directors. Um, he, he definitely did. Inurito, uh, was it? Inurito, yeah, and uh, Del Toro. Hmm. Uh, is he Mexican or is he Spanish? Anyway, Spanish-speaking um, directors. Um, what else we got? Let's let's go uh, for Apollo thirteen, which is uh, absolutely Tom Hanks' vehicle. Exactly, uh, literally a vehicle, I suppose. Mm. Um, yeah, so directed by Ron Howard, um, who he'd worked with Tom Hanks before in Splash. Uh, it's, I mean, everyone knows the Apollo thirteen story. So uh, these guys are in space trying to go to the moon, and nothing goes wrong, and the NASA back on Earth. They've got to figure out how to fix it. Uh, Fe- uh, featuring the more the very famous line, uh, Houston, we got a problem. We have a problem. Uh, yeah, and, and Tom Hanks at kind of the peak of his his everyman powers. Um, he still is, though, to be honest. He, well, he's still wonderful, but uh, no one does everyman like Tom Hanks. Who, no, who, who, which actor right now is as you know everyman as Tom Hanks? There's, there's no one. There can't be. Exactly. Right. Um, um, I'm trying to think. I don't know. Ryan Reynolds. No, I just no. Picked, I, I picked an actor at random. <laughs> uh, John Hamm. No, it's Tom Hanks. Um, but this is kind of he was the biggest actor in the world probably at this time. Um, certainly up there. Uh, and this is this is a great film. It's um, very dramatic. Mm-hmm. This I think what I said last time when I was watching First Man is that what let that film down for me in in many ways is that there really wasn't much drama in the last act because you knew exactly what was going to happen and it, and it yeah. all went to plan whereas this is kind of the exact opposite where everything went completely wrong yeah. Gary Sinise I believe or Sinise, Sinise? yeah who he was in uh, Forrest Gump as well yeah. yeah I can't tell you any of the film he's been in apart from those two but he's, he's great um, and yeah I, I, I guess this is must have been huge at the time must have been in the very early 70s probably 1970 1971 something like that. Um, so I guess people would have been some people have been familiar with the story, but most of us only know it from the, the film, I think. Mm. Uh, yeah, no, I definitely. Uh, I've not seen Apollo 13. Oh, you should check it out. It's, it's, um, I said, I've not seen it for a while, but it is fantastic. Also, uh, very in the opening scene, I think, or the second scene, maybe there's a reference to the Beatles. So who doesn't love that? Ah, cool. In fact, it must be 1970 because there's a reference to the Beatles breaking up, and that's the uh, that's when that happened. So. Well, actually, what was it? 69. Anyway, carry on. 1969, um, <laughs> the same year as the New Armstrongs. Yeah, so it must be 1970. Because uh, that was Paul 11. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, next film I have on my list, I didn't like as much, is Christopher Nolan's Interstellar, which I know a lot of people enjoyed, especially the Nolan fans. Uh, yes. So this is space, it's time travel, it's wheat <laughs> yes um, okra lots and lots of okra okra yeah because it's set in the in the future when Earth's losing crops or but has okra. Lost crops or something and okra uh, stars <laughs> Matthew McConaughey and Hathaway uh, Jessica Chastain right yeah she's in it yeah yeah uh, Mark Kane. Uh, yeah Matt That's Damon appeared 
Spoilers. Um, <laughs> yes. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure we've mentioned this before, but I'm both of us still like it as much. That's right. So it, it, Empire gave it their best film of the year. I think it might have been a public vote actually, but uh, yeah, I, this is when I really went off Christopher Nolan actually because I loved his. I loved Dark Knights, um, Batman Inception. Begins. Oh, Inception's fantastic. Memento is outstanding. Yeah. Um, but this just felt, and you kind of see hints of it in Dark Knight Rises, I guess, of very kind of humorless, too long, ponderous, takes itself very very seriously. Um, and to me, what really annoyed me about it, like I said before, is it was built up as kind of being the most scientifically accurate film of all time, blah, blah, blah. Yes. It, you kind of get to the third and it's just absolute nonsense. <laughs> I, I know, I know. It, I, exactly how you feel, Colin. Yeah. yeah it, it's just it's just not up there with his best works. And even more so when all the fans go rabbit about this film. Yeah. <laughs> and people don't take, yeah, they don't necessarily take Christopher Nolan criticism very well. I think because he... he very deliberately makes films that he are intelligent and kind of so people feel smart if they enjoy them I suppose um, but yeah I, I, maybe I'm just not smart enough to enjoy it but I, I don't think that's what the problem is uh, no. it's just, it's just the whole bookcase nonsense <laughs> yeah the less we talk about it the better it is for us yeah. I'm pretty but, sure we've complained about it before but did, so. did you know the Matt Damon twist before you saw it uh, no so that's a good twist. Unfortunately, I'd, I'd seen. I think I was checking the cast list to see who was in it, and I saw I saw Matt Damon was in it. So ah, okay. It a little bit. Um, uh, Doctor Man. Hmm. Well, speaking of uh, Matt Damon, uh, The Martian. Yeah. Uh, he he was the Martian. Uh, I know what you're thinking. People who don't know anything about the Martian, we said no aliens, but don't worry. Uh, Matt Damon is a human who ends up on Mars. Uh, everyone else on his team dies. Uh, and they think he's dead too, but no, he's there. And uh, it's based on a book by Andy Weir. Thank you. Uh, which you've read, haven't you? Yes, I have. Yes, I haven't. But um, uh, it's a very good. There book. you go. There's, there's 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 a great everyman, Matt Damon uh, in the Martian. I think he um, is a very likable presence. He does, uh, and he the character is very likable in the book as well, Mark Watney, mm. um, because he he he. Luckily for him, he has the skills to survive on Mars. He, he does. is he's, both he's a, a botanist, yes. yeah, yeah, a botanist as well. So he yes. can plant potatoes, lots and lots of potatoes. Uh, yeah, so it's, it's kind of similar, similar to things like Castaway uh, or Gravity, I suppose, where it's just one person. Except there's a lot more that of kind of back on Earth with NASA, and then they're going back up to the space station. Um, so I guess it's, it's less like those things. And this is, I always felt you could have done with more Matt Damon carrying it rather than having to keep cutting back. But um, Everyone did well. Mackenzie Davis, yeah. uh, Jeff Daniels. Uh, was no Donald Glover? Was it? Isn't he? Um, he was. So was he Jessica Chastain again? Jessica Chastain again. Yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Kate Mara. Kate Mara in a, in a very small. Sebastian Stan um, is in it. Kristen Wiig as well. Oh yes, yes, yes that's great. Yeah. Great cast. Uh, yeah, I really enjoyed this. It's um, I say it's Ridley Scott's only good film of of the last decade, probably. Um, uh, yeah, so Matt Damon is responsible for a lot of that, and and the script is excellent. Yeah, um, I, I, just because the book is excellent in its own right. So yeah, I should read that. <laughs> it helps a lot. <laughs> and yeah, the reason why um, I know you said they, they cut back a lot to Mark uh, to Matt Damon's, but that's because in the book as well, it's a collab a collaborative okay effort to bring him back. So and it's not like I'd, yeah, I yeah I enjoyed the stuff on it. I think. Yeah, Kate Mara, Sebastian Stan, probably a bit wasted. Because they were a couple, weren't they, in the film, which I only realised in the last scene where they were together. And oh, they, no, they only got together in the last chapter in the book as well. Oh, really? I I wanted, I just assumed they were kind of together all the time. But um, mm. yeah, if I didn't even realise it was Sebastian Stan until, until I saw the cast list at the end, I think. Um, yeah. Uh, okay, how about. Um, I don't know. It must be your turn, Zijan, to. to yeah. Well, it's another film that I didn't like that much. It's okay. uh, Passengers. Okay, I was, I was, that was the one I was about to mention anyway. So yeah, starring Chris Pratt and Jennifer Lawrence, um, which basically focuses on... So, uh, these passengers were sent into hibernation or sleep Yes. Uh, for a long journey to a new planet. Um, but Chris Pratt's pod malfunctioned halfway through. Yes. Um, and... He he woke up and he was spending his time alone on the ship, not knowing what to do. Hmm. With only a uh, robot um, waiter, butler, yeah, butler thing to keep him company. Played by Michael Sheen. Yep. Yeah. So basically, this hibernation also keeps you young, apparently. 
Okay. Um, yep. So yep. Um, if you are awake and you can't go back to sleep, you basically <coughs> grow old and die on board. Yeah. Which is quite depressing. So this, this uh, felt... In fact, even before they released it, I think there was a lot of worry about it. So the, the first thing I ever read about it um, was an Empire magazine quite some time before it came out, and it said uh, yeah, Chris Pratt's too lonely and he, he decides to um, let Jennifer Lawrence out so he has someone to talk to. And then they really pulled back from that, so there was nothing about that in the trailers, no mention of it, and that, they got a huge backlash uh, before it had even come out, that people were really angry about this. Um, and and it didn't do well. Which I, I think is weird, because the film kind of... The film isn't saying, look, this is a great romance, um, at least not initially. It, it's kind of very much playing into when Jennifer Florence's character discovers that's what's happened to her. She is incredibly angry. She even tries to kill him at one point. As, as she should be, though. We, yeah, but I think a lot of the, the outrage was saying, how, how dare you put them in a situation? Thinking, well, yeah, but the film addresses that situation. The film isn't saying this is a great thing to happen. Um, so it felt very weird to me that people were so angry about it. Uh, my my peeve with the film is just I didn't like the way um, there was suddenly this... I mean, I, I enjoyed the, the, the drama between the relationships, etc. Mm. But I didn't like the whole manufactured, uh, oh, there's something wrong with the shuttle thing. I don't think it added anything to the film and just yeah I, I actually liked it apart from I think she did turn on six friends a bit towards the end where she kind of forgave and fell in love with them very quickly um, <laughs> but I if I think in his position yeah I, I'd be tempted to do something similar. maybe not some girl I've never met before but I just like the look of her but I think yeah I'd go crazy by myself I think well maybe maybe I'd succumb to that to well you're basically sentencing them to death right well, I've had this argument at the time, actually. I, I don't think you, you, she's still going to live the same number of years as she would have been. It's just not with those people. Um, but yeah, that, I guess that was what thing people, a lot of people were angry about. Yeah. None was angry about the fact that uh, Andy Garcia, I can never remember if it was Andy or Jerry, um, got to turn up for the last second and didn't have any lines. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But got his own title card. But yes, the, the big... Um, it's because if it, and this was when Jennifer Lawrence had just won an Oscar, she was huge. Chris Pratt was absolutely massive off the back of Jurassic World and Guardians. Yep. Um, so this felt like the most kind of zeitgeisty film. This should have been an absolute smash hit, and it wasn't because of people's concerns. I think mostly about that plot, it didn't do very well. Yeah. Uh, I should probably mention two thousand and one: A Space Odyssey, being that it's one of the most famous films of all time. You should, because um, I haven't seen it. I do not like it. Uh, <laughs> it's. Uh, when when I try and persuade people that I'm a, a serious film fan, um, I always have to admit that I don't like Stanley Kubrick at all, and I know he's regarded as one of the greatest directors of all time, but I've now sat through uh, three or four of his films, and I didn't like any of them. Um, so I didn't like, I absolutely hated The Shining. I didn't really enjoy um, Doctor Strange Love, and I just don't get this film. So it's there's a long, like literally the first twenty minutes is is um, apes jumping around. Twenty minutes. If I think uh, maybe I'm, mis- I'm pretty sure it's twenty minutes. Well. And uh, yeah, so they're chucking bones at each other. Nothing's happening. Um, then in a shot that all film students love, um, they throw a bone in the air and it flips around and then it turns into a spaceship. Well, it kind of does a cut to a spaceship and people think, "Wow, look at this! Isn't it amazing that you've cut those two things?" I don't see it. Um, anyway, so uh, there's a big monolith in the first one. Anyway, then you go to the middle section, which is the best section, and I think would have actually been a decent film if it, um, where uh, there's this um, basically AI called Hal, um, who does what he's told most of the time and then doesn't. So there's a famous scene where Dave uh, open the pod bay doors, Hal. Uh, I'm sorry, Dave, I can't do that. He responds. Um, which is all quite interesting. Apparently, it was called Hal because it was one letter shifted from IBM. Oh, uh, interesting. Um, I don't know if you've watched any of Maniac, um, this new Netflix thing with Emma Stone and and, and John, Jonah Hill, which I'm still only about five or six episodes in. But um, I think you asked me this every single podcast. I do. Since you've seen it, Colin. I've not I, seen I, it. And you still not seen it? I go. No. You should. Um, I would say it's not exactly uh, clearly the fact that I'm watching like one episode a week means it's not binging necessarily. But um. It's good, but they've clearly taken a lot of inspiration from the IBM thing as well, so they've got a similar logo and um, similar concept. Anyway, and then the third thing, he goes to see goes through some weird 
colour flashy thing that was so boring I fast forwarded through it. <laughs> Sees an old version of himself and then there's a huge baby in a ball. It's if you're a film fan, let us know at the C to Z of Movies on Twitter, C to Z of Movies at gmail.com, why I'm wrong and why in fact 2001 A Space Odyssey is one of the all-time great films. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just found it so boring. So boring. I think it probably is one of those things that for the time was hugely, um, ex- well, not just experimental, but I'm very progressive for the time and now feels less so in retrospect. But, um, yeah. yeah, well, I don't think I'll be watching that anytime soon. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm quite, quite glad I have watched it because it's, it's an absolute classic and it's, it's good to have watched it, I suppose. But yeah, mm. I can't recommend it, really. Is it considered watching anyway since you fast-forwarded it? I didn't fast-forward do much of it. <laughs> <laughs> um, we My, should probably move on unless you've got any more. Do you wanna, no, do you wanna, no, I think we should move on. Um, no. My last bit, I just want to mention is Wally. Which, oh, yes. Thank you for... We, we both love. It's great. Um, the human's probably the worst part of it. But, yeah, the first half was great. Uh, I've also got down here Sunshine and Moon. Uh, I absolutely hated Sunshine. And I didn't think much of Moon, but I know people love it. <laughs> That'll do. Um, we move on to Actor Factor, uh, the segment where we talk about the films of a particular actor and sometimes even um, say our favourites and least favourite. Uh, and this time it's Ryan Gosling. Which um, I've seen only four films of. Okay, go for it. Uh, my favourite by far and my favourite film of last year as well is Blade Runner 2049. Okay. Yes. Yeah, I know you didn't like it as much as I did, but for me it was. It I still was just, like. I still liked it a lot. Uh, yeah, uh, Richard Dickens' yeah. cinematography was. Roger, Roger Dickens. Oh yeah, Roger Dickens' <laughs> cinematography yeah. was uh, outstanding, and yeah. it's uh, it just told such a good story. I mean, it, I just I just loved it. Just yeah, loved I'm it. I'm a fan. I, yeah, I say probably not as much as you, but I thought it was very good. Um, yeah, beautiful film. Yeah. Um. You might as well run through all four of yours then. Yep. Uh, the other the two with Emma Stone, La La Land and Crazy Stupid Love. Yep. Um, I think we've talked about La La Land to Death as well and Crazy Stupid Love in bits. <laughs> yep. And then we have The Big Shot. Oh, yes. Uh, yeah. Which... That's um, okay. That was okay. I enjoyed that as well. I think my, my least favorite is probably Crazy Stupid Love. I know you loved it a lot. I did. Yeah. But I think compared to the other three films, I think it's lacking. Um, I have seen uh, 14 Ryan Gosling films. Um, wow. <laughs> You're fat. So, uh, um, I guess so. I mean, he's very good. I, 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 to be honest, none of them... Are, he's not one of these actors that I kind of go out and seek the ones he's done. So it's just... I haven't just seen them, I guess. But um, So uh, The Notebook, which I'm, I'm kind of surprised you haven't seen. But there you go. Um, was his kind of first big film alongside Rachel McAdams. Yep. Um, it was... I didn't... It was kind of this very soppy romance story. Um it's one of the ones I didn't quite buy because at one point it, it, Rachel McAdams is supposed to be in love with him but she goes and marries someone else and I always find that very strange. Um, apparently they hate each other on set and then later dated. So yes. There you go. Uh, Half Nelson, he plays a teacher. He got his first Oscar nomination for that. Um, he, he's very good. You can see why he's uh, got that. Uh, a film called Fracture which is him and Anthony Hopkins and Rosamund Pike. Um, which, uh, yeah, Anthony Hopkins... Uh, basically, he's being charged with having killed his wife, and Ryan Gosling's got to try and prove he did it. And it's quite clever, actually. Um, uh, a film called All Good Things, alongside Kirsten Dunst, which I've put an asterisk by because I think I might have fast-forwarded a bit because it's quite gruesome at times. Okay. Um, uh, so I didn't love that one. It, I, it barely got released, I think. I think I saw it on Netflix on the end. Um, Drive is is one of his big ones, which people love that film. Um, I don't really. So I think it's got a great first half. Him and Kerry Mulligan. Um, he's basically he. Yeah, he's a lot. I guess to a film like Driver, which you probably haven't seen. But uh, but he's um, he's basically just a getaway driver. Okay, he, fair enough. Is he kind of anyway driver? And uh, uh, he's very kind of taciturn. Um, and I thought we'd build up quite nicely. And then the second half is basically just people shooting each other. And that kind of I thought it was very boring. Uh, Ides of March. He's a political operative. George Clooney is um, is a politician. That's pretty decent. Although if you've watched The West Wing, which I loved, um, I think Aaron Sorkin. It, Aaron Sorkin was not involved, but I think just the whole kind of uh, sorry, the West Wing, but yeah, the whole kind of American politics thing has been done so well there that this yeah. kind of paled a bit next to it. Uh, Place Beyond the Pines, which I did not like at all. Proudly loved it. Um, it's it's a weird one. It's kind of basically three different stories, but I didn't know that. Going, I mean, it's, it's one story, but it's kind of it's just it's focused very much on Ryan Gosling's character, and then it suddenly leaps to another story, and then to another story, and that felt odd. 
uh, Gangster Squad, which I thought was fantastic and most people did not like. Um, so it's a kind of 30s Chicago, maybe? Um, but kind of, yes, yeah, very kind of uh, classic gangsters in their sharp suits and all stuff in the squad together to, to defeat them. And I thought it was really good. I must turn again. Uh, and finally, uh, The Nice Guys, which was a uh, Shane Black film, him and Russell Crowe. Um, mm. Which I have high hopes for. There's two scenes in it that are absolutely hilarious. Okay. Uh, but a, a lot of it, it's I like a lot of Shane Black films. In fact, we're going to talk about *Lethal Weapon* in a minute. Um, it, it seems kind of it's it's I'm sure it's an 18, and it seems kind of unnecessary. So, so it's all based around the sex industry, and it's kind of things like yeah, if this was just guys investigating a crime, I'd really enjoy it. But the fact that you have to throw in all these sex and drugs and stuff, I don't see why that adds to it. So I didn't. Love that. Uh, so at least favorite one, I guess, is all good things because I didn't. I had to fast forward through bits of it. Um, yep, of course. Even uh, though it has Kirsten Dunst in it, even though it had Kirsten Dunst in it, which to be honest is the only reason I watched it. Um, and like, yeah, it's got to be La La Land, number one. Love La La Land. Oh, yeah, first mine I've seen as well. But I talked about it last time. Yep. Uh, who are we talking about next time on Actor Factors Asia? And- we are talking about Anne Hathaway. Ah, which I probably have seen again. a lot more than Ryan Gosling. I'm quite surprised I haven't only seen four Ryan Gosling films, to be honest. Yeah, I just thought you've um, you might have seen a few more of those. Yeah, me too. I'm very disappointed. I need to go back to yeah. this. Check, check out Gangster Squad. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, we move on to the quiz, uh, where I believe I'm one up for the year. And I uh, come out with a difficult, difficult topic again. Uh, so, Lethal Weapon, which uh, I've now seen Lethal Weapon 1 and 2. So, there you go. Yeah. Street Z. <sighs> Uh, but here's a nice question for you um, who wrote Lethal Weapon is it the same as oh I know this oh Shane something bearing in mind that I accidentally told you the answer about a minute ago what um, when we were discussing the nice guys I said this guy's name no said, we're going to be talking about Lethal Weapon in a second and having I, did, I did say Shane is Shane right Shane did he yeah, Shane Black. Very good, Shane Black. <laughs> oh my! Shows how much you listen to me. I literally just said his name. Anyway, uh, question one: What is Murtaugh's go-to line for when things go sideways? Said in all four films. Uh, well, this is a family-friendly podcast. Yes. Um, so I'm getting too old for this stuff. What does it rhyme with? <laughs> uh, hit. Yes. <laughs> Um, I believe that how many mother did an episode with this and they all said I'm getting too old for this stuff uh, what is the name of Murtar's wife who also appears in all four films uh, I don't know this what is it I don't know for some reason why this name is stuck in my head but it's Irish I'm going to go Irish Oh, it's not far it's uh, Trish ah uh, how's it not far well, you'd have the, to be nice about it's it it's got the R-I-S in it <laughs> Uh, question two, I'm pretty sure you get this. Which Christmas song was played in the opening credits of the first Lethal Weapon? Oh. You've just seen it. I have. Jingle, 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 jingle Rock. Jingle Bell, Jingle Bell, Jingle Bell Rock. What's that called? Is that called the Jingle Bell Rock? Is it it's called the Jingle Bell Rock, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, again, it's a good opening, but it's got a naked woman taking drugs. Yeah. <laughs> It's not necessary, Shane. Anyway, um, Lethal Weapon 2 centers around drug dealers from which country? Uh, I'm not seeing this at all. <laughs> I, I definitely should have looked this up on Wikipedia as well. Yeah. Drug dealers from which country? Colombia. I can see why you've gone there. Um, it's uh, South Africa. Uh, There's a scene where uh, gonna wants to go to South Africa and he's like, but you're, but you're black. Um, in context it's very funny carry on question 3 which Star Wars actor helped write Lethal Weapon 3 ooh I have absolutely no idea Star Wars actor who's a Star Wars actor who's also a writer Carrie Fisher yeah you're right how do you know that what the heck I thought it was I, knew, a... I, I knew that she got involved with writing so that was uh... oh my god like how <laughs> Uh, question four. Here's a good one for you, Zijan. Um, which Chinese actor uh, made his American film debut in Lethal Weapon 4? It was Jet Li. It was Jet Li, apparently. I didn't know that until today. So. <laughs> Me too. Um, and uh, they weren't very happy that they made uh, made him the bad guy as well. Oh, right. Yeah. Uh, question four. What word was said 276 times across 
three of the Little Weapon films by Joe Pesky. Pesci. Pesci. Um, oh, I don't know. I, I, I've seen this one too. I don't remember him saying anything particularly distinctive. Um, did he say, forget about it? It's just a word, Colin, but... Uh, <laughs> That's a one word. Forget about it. <laughs> he said, okay. He does say, okay, 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 a lot. And okay. apparently 276 times. Well, that's a good start. Okay. Mm. Um, yeah, question five for you. Uh, to pull level, uh, Lethal Weapon 3 was the fifth highest grossing film of 1992. <sighs> Which Disney animation came top? Um, it's kind of giving you a nice Disney question. Yeah, I know. This, this is Aladdin. It is Aladdin. Very yeah, good. I know. <laughs> Thank God. That's one Disney question. I actually know my ears as well. <laughs> yeah. Uh, question five. Richard Donner revealed the name of the final film in the series in February 2018. What is it? Oh, I did know this. Um, oh, that's annoying. Um, lethal Ending? So close, Colin. Lethal oh. Finale. Oh... Oh, thank goodness. How, how did I pull out on this? <laughs> Good work. Uh, it's a draw. Um, uh, what are we quizzing on next time? Uh, because I mentioned it earlier, uh, we're quizzing about Martin, Martin Scorsese and Leonardo DiCaprio collaboration films. I like it. Uh, and Zizian, what is our main topic for next time? Uh, we're talking about Fantastic Beasts, the sequel, which I can't remember the name of. The Crimes uh, of like- Grindelwald, wasn't it? Comes of well, either Grindelwald or Grindelwald, depending on who you listen to. Yes. Uh, I'm looking forward to it, actually. I think it's going to be good. Me too. It's been a while since I've gone back into Harry Potter again. So, good okay. to come back. And we'll see you then. Bye.